Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dish Yelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yo! Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the political governor himself, Ozelius. What's the good word on this beautiful Thursday of Thursdays? Oh, this July. Uh, we're alive. I'm glad to hear that, because we could totally be a ghost, or a zombie, or a skeleton, or a ifrit, and it would be fine. So, ladies and gentlemen, you may have noticed that we did not have a show last week, and that is, that's, that's on me. Um, my, uh, my basketball team was in the playoffs and had a chance to, they were two games away from going to the NBA championship and, oh. and decided to lose that Thursday and that Saturday. So, I mean, to be fair, that's a solid reason. I mean, it was a very fun team to watch. It was. Uh, and definitely hoping to see more of their balls playing throughout the next uh, couple of years. I hope so. Um, I mean, they have a great young core. With if a, they can uh, keep it. That's always the trick, isn't it? Once you win a few games, all of a sudden, it's like everybody wants the mo- everybody wants to be paid. I want the Muna. Um, Muna. Mula. See? It's been too long. I... I the words do not come out of my mouth correctly. It's either you have to be like a destination to bring in the super team, or you have to like win it in that window before yep. all your young guys get big money. You can't keep everyone. Exactly. All right. So um, a bit of other weird news. Um, I know that some people are like, okay, so Thursday was off. So why didn't you stream on? What's up? The Dondero. It's the man, the myth, the legend. It's the Dondero. Um, is that like part of the road to El Dorado? No, this is the one and only Dondero, man. You, we've hung out with him like, uh, at a bunch of different conventions, man. I do. I can't remember who I hung out with like this morning. I, I think I'm pretty sure we've, we've crossed paths at Con Nuga. I, that's what I was going to go with. Uh, and I believe Monster Con as well. <laughs> All right, shit. I'm sorry. Uh, the 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 convention that shall not be named. <clears throat> Listen, if you remember me, I didn't do my job. Okay. See, the the problem is that I was at like an evening panel that the the wonderful Dondero was at, and uh, I there there was something that happened during that panel that will forever uh, give me nightmares. So. I can never forget him. Forget you, you can't know. just tell a story and not tell the story. That's not cool. There was a blow up pig with his face on it. I thought that was normal in your dreams. No, no, no. I mean, uh, Big Phantom Greenville. We've also we right. Oh yeah, yeah. I never went to Big Phantom Greenville, but you did No, that was Jesse. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Don Darrow brand sex pig. That's the one, and that's why I for, shall forever. Rem, rem, uh, ugh. Know of him. Okay, so <laughs> uh, speaking of conventions, of course, um, it looks like a lot of the conventions are going back to normal. We've got the PAX Prime, uh, Dragon Con, of course, is is happening. Uh, as of right now, MomoCon is happening 2021. Uh, I believe Kanuga. Oh, sorry, not 2021. 2022. Uh, Kanuga is 2022. Uh, Chattacon, I believe, is happening as well. And I feel like there's another one that I'm forgetting. You're forgetting one that starts tomorrow. All right. Winter I, con. Huh? 
there's a witcher con that starts tomorrow okay there you go witcher con my yeah. brain i didn't even know it was a thing until like a cod day carolinas oh well actually oh yeah cod carolinas is coming back because i actually got the invite going please come back i'm like uh actually the problem with cod carolina is i did this once and about killed me is that Con Carolina is the weekend after Momocon. Because ah, I did Momocon, I think I did it with you, Zelius, and then I did Con Carolina with um, Jesse. And that's when I found out about Big Phantom Greenville and apparently my evil reputation. Um, evil reputation, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, Con Carolina, I mean, Con Carolina's was fun. I mean, I did it once. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Well, it turns out your boy Dondero is now in charge of live stream for, for well, good job, man. Nice. Good job. Uh, okay. Some, some other local conventions since we're in the Atlanta area, uh, Southern fried gaming is supposed to happen at the end of August. Uh, Dragon of con, of course, I feel like there's another one too. Uh, Gen con, but that's up in Indiana. Uh, that's happening in September. Uh, another one in Atlanta is Multiverse, which I think is more geared towards the uh, the like books uh, and maybe movies and not so much video games. But anyways, um, actually, the the interesting thing about conventions is is even if you go once to a convention, you may uh, make a friendship or meet someone that opens up a lot of doors. Like I said, I went to Con Carolina once. Uh, met the guy who was the mastermind behind Big Fan of Greenville. He apparently knew me because of my terrible reputation <laughs> and was immediately invited to the first Big Fandom Greenville. Um, you know, I, I've done uh, Chatacon once, which I don't think... Yes, it was a fun time. It was a very fun time. Um, yeah, so do I. I miss Big Fandom. The, the, well, the okay... Side story here. Well, it's my show, so I could do whatever the hell I want to. But anyways, <laughs> uh, the 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 problem with big fandom was that uh, the the second year they did it, the entire convention got dicked over by like this football team that was using one of the conference rooms that was technically inside the convention. So there was no way to police people going in and out. And there was a wedding. That too. And apparently. October 23rd and 24th could potentially be NerdBurgerCon 2 online. Ooh. <laughs> Dontero got asked to leave the wedding twice. Uh, Wait, you get, like, jilted at the altar twice? That's kind of awkward. No, 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 no. They, they had the reception. Then? No, no, no. They had the reception there. You know, 50-50 chance of a yes no? They had the reception at the, the hotel. Hmm. The Oh, uh, the last big fan of Greenville... Um, uh, one of our buddies, Santiago, uh, had some amazing news, uh, uh, was given some amazing news. And so he got lots and lots of uh, free drinks from the bar because everyone was celebrating with him. Nice. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. So um, it's hopefully, you know, all the conventions are going to return to normal. Hopefully, you know, we... We shared a room and it was a wreck. I bet it was a wreck. I sure as hell. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. 
The one thing about Santiago that I will never understand is how the hell he is so freaking chipper every single morning. The man must live with like an IV drip of just straight caffeine because the man is bouncing off the walls 24-7. This is true. I remember breakfast at the hotel and he comes into there into like the little buffet area and he's happy. I'm like, what is wrong here? I can tell some stories, but got to head out. All right, Dondero. It was good for you to drop by and hopefully at one of these conventions we'll be able to align and be at it at the same time. Uh, but of course, Dondero, the same to you. Um, <clears throat> anyways, so the topics for this evening. Um, oh, uh, real quick, something that, like I was saying before, um, I know some people were like, well, okay, you took Thursday off, so what happened on Sunday? Because usually you stream on Sunday. Uh, Sunday, of course, was 4th of July, but that's really not the excuse for why I didn't uh, stream. I was actually uh, unconscious. <laughs> why were you unconscious? That doesn't sound healthy. So, fun fact, um, a person... A normal person or a weird person, basically any type of person, requires a certain amount of REM sleep in order to function. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I was not getting like any REM sleep for the past like month or so. And so it apparently caught up to me. And literally, my body shut down for about 30 hours. That's and, a long time. And I literally woke up for a little bit, maybe was awake for an hour, maybe only 10 minutes and was back asleep. Because my body's like, no. And the really cool thing was that in that span, I achieved more REM sleep than I did the past month and a half. So are you alive now? Yes. Um, I I, uh, I know I've said this before on the show. I do take uh, certain types of medication to deal with anxiety and depression and bipolarism. Uh, I changed uh, when I take it during the day. And hopefully that will fix the issue. Nice. Okay, now that that's all the way, let's talk about cheating. Why are you cheating at your video games, sir? That is not cool. So uh, for those out there who may have missed uh, the news, there apparently is a hacker or group of hackers uh, or programmers, if you want to call it, I mean, they are technically programmers, who have created a um, the latest and greatest cheat for, it looks like, first-person shooters. Now, um, they have displayed, there's a video online that shows off what this hack can do in, Call of du in some of the Call of Duty games, but apparently, from my understanding, it can work on anything. And basically, what this cheat allows you to do is your, the usual, uh, auto-aim, auto-lock-on, uh, the ability to detect which weapon a player is using uh, to automatically reduce recoil, all that stuff. Sure. And on top of that, the creator says it will work for any game on any platform and promises it is undetectable by developers' anti-cheat software. Wow, this sounds like I could become a top 500 professional player. What do you think? Yes. Okay, so... I, I, I'm not going to say that this is impossible, but um, just to give you a little bit more understanding of what, what they think or, or um, what their claim to fame is, and that is uh, it is apparently a sophisticated program that is helped by machine learning uh, 
It takes gameplay video from a console via network streaming or capture card and feeds it into a nearby computer, which then displays information the cheater can use. So it doesn't show up on the screen per se, not in the game, but it will go to a separate monitor and give you all the info. Interesting. Yes. I okay. I, hmm. but that's different to me than like an aim hack. I wonder. Like, see, yeah, that's that's the thing that that kind of confuses me. Like, yeah, they say aim hack, but they're like, oh yeah, you're gonna stream onto a different display. So that gets into like the areas of cheating, right? So yeah. like, for instance, and I think it, there's always a different argument of PVP versus PVE. Yep. Like one example might be for PVE is back in the day with World of Warcraft, mm -hmm. you had um, boss meters that would literally tell you as you're playing what the boss script is going to do. And so like, that was an outside add-on. I mean, while well, has the like add-on screen, so it's not like you're hacking the add-ons. Yep. Um, but it was an add-on that allowed you to know exactly what the boss was going to do. Mm -hmm. And so this is almost like a similar concept only for PvP, where it's going to tell you what the opposing ones and zeros are going to do on your screen in an interesting way. Um, I mean, away from machine learning, it makes sense, because like let's just say you're playing a... Okay, let's especially take like a one v one fighter game, like Street Fighter. Okay. Most likely, your enemy is going to have tells, right? Yep. They have enough machine learning, and I'm able to predict exactly how Charlie is going to attack me with this character. What combo is going to use? By doing that and that displaying the information, be like, hey, this person just did an uppercut. They're probably going to do a low kick next. That's super useful information to have. That's true. That's true. I mean, the uh, the other thing is, even though I mean, it's not, um, even though it's not really aimbotting, uh, an interesting cheat that has been implemented several times, and of course has been shut down several times because of anti-cheat software, um, uh, is that there's an algorithm that basically runs through the game that does display to a separate screen that uh, basically highlights all the players through the walls, so you don't actually mm -hmm. see it in game, but you see it through a separate screen. Yep. So you know where everyone is. Yeah. <clears throat> it's kind of like it's what is it? It's tricking the um, the spectator mode while you're actually in the uh, game instead of spectating. Yeah, uh, I, I would say a pretty easy delineation is if it's not a built-in tool mm -hmm. that the game has. So mm -hmm. for instance, like World of Warcraft had the built-in add-on tab. So like. Yep. That was just an example, but I wouldn't consider that cheating because it was a built-in mechanism within World of Warcraft. Right. But all of a sudden, if you have this external tool, that's a little bit different story to me. And I think that's where these all pretty straightforwardly to me cross that line because it's an external tool that other players are not expecting the other player to have. There's kind of right. an expectation of what they're using. Excuse me, nobody's expecting you to be able to see through a wall. Right. No, no, right. I, I, I think that there's absolutely, um, when, when you have a game like uh, World of Warcraft or any of those games that you can add, you know, a plug-in or, or maybe a small script because it has the ability to do so, that's definitely different than having a completely standalone 
cheat product that basically, you know, feeds into the game. Yeah. Or let's say if you're playing a collective card game and the algorithm basically tells you what your opponent's hand is. Yeah, I would definitely consider that a cheating mechanism also. Because, um, again, you're playing against another player where there's an expectation of you're only using what's in front of you. Okay, okay, so here's an interesting question All right. based off of that. Yep. What about if I'm manually calculating those odds? So what I mean by that is let's say – Let's just say we're playing the Magic, and I know you're playing a blue deck, right? Okay. And I have on my screen, I kind of have a list of the blue cards, and I'm but like, but you know okay, it's in my deck. But um, probably it would be a probability chart, probably, hmm. where if I know, you know, he's played these three cards, I now know he's playing a okay. For instance, like a black deck, I know you're playing a Necromancer card because mm-hmm. you played the certain card, so I know you're gonna do a deck res basically is your entire strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, or you're always resing out of your graveyard. Which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that means resurrecting. Yes. So, but I have like a like a little chart that's telling me I'm having to keep track of kind of what you did, but it helps me to kind of figure out what's going on. Is that cheating? No. No, I don't think so. Uh, well, okay. So, if you were in a casino, yes, uh, because technically that is that's uh, could be considered uh, card counting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, th- this is what this is what chess grandmasters do all the time. They they document both their moves and their opponents to see what the tendencies are, and to then go back through and maybe up their strategy. Because chances are, uh, an individual who's play if you're playing Magic: The Gathering, uh, if you play if you are an individual who plays a blue deck, uh, and you're really good at the blue deck, you're not going to make a lot of changes. So if you face off against someone a lot and that person is actually documenting what you have in your deck, they're going to be a hell of a lot more prepared next time they come uh, challenge you. So I don't see that as as a um, uh, as a cheat. I think we're using it during the game. Like if like, like if, I'm analyzing like as I'm playing you over the internet, so yep. I'm trying to analyze in real time what your deck is doing. Is that change it to a cheating because it's during the game versus outside the game no okay once again you are you're still taking you're you're basically saying you're still taking an educated guess as to what my next move is going to be right then yeah no it's not cheating if you if you basically had i don't know um some sort of algorithm that's going okay if the cards are shuffled like this and i know all of his cards that gets a little bit, you know, the gray area. But then again, gets... I wrote the program to do it. Does that change to, the equation? To each their own. I mean, the thing is, I, you're you're not pulling any information from the game. For me personally, that's not cheating. Now, um, you know, once again, uh, it could be considered card counting, but I don't think anyone's really going to come after you in a Magic: The Gathering or any of the collectible card game. Uh, systems that go oh my god you've kept track of all my cards you bastard you know what i'm gonna do it's it's all tendency you know it's how much uh mana or how many how much land do you have or mana or whatever the hell it is um you know uh the the next move is contingent on this move i mean it it's strategy i mean it's yeah you, you don't 
you don't blindfold yourself and, and walk into a war room and try to win a war. I mean, you you look at the, the past of what the enemy has done so that you could better prepare yourself. I'll take but, it. Uh, so th- this also brings out a very good question. Uh, when it comes to cheating, a lot of people, they draw the line with any system that either it, that you install into the game or runs um, uh, by itself for all games. I'm talking online and offline, competitive and whatever, uh, casual. Now, Zelius and the rest of the audience, uh, in your opinion, does the type of game lessen or increase the bastardness of the cheat? Yeah, I think when it's a PvP game, um, you know, a game like Overwatch or Valorant or any of the above, it definitely changes the assholeness, basically, of your cheating. Right. Um, because again, it comes down to that reasonable expectation of what am I, what is my opponent going to have, skip at their, um, able to use above and beyond their skill. Um, you know, I expect, you know, if I'm playing a PvP game, my, you know, there's. People say like the 240 hertz screen that gives you like an improvement for DPS because you have slightly better reaction time. Well, anybody can get that. Like that's right. an expectation that anybody can go out, spend, you know, $1,000 on a graphics card and get it. That's a normal valid expectation of what players may have as an advantage. Mm-hmm. They may have, you know, the super crazy gaming mouse and keyboard. Those are all perfectly reasonable to me because, you know, that separates people's financial means a little bit. But, you know, that's just the way games are. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to aim bots and things like that, where there is not that expectation, I also think when the developer makes clear that these are also cheating mechanisms also. Right. Um, and I think most people recognize that outside of your regular keyboard and mouse or controller, um, that those are acceptable means of communication. That's what we're used to. But it's when you really start, I think, getting that software manipulation mm-hmm. um, that starts affecting things. I mean, you think about it, even with the input devices, like one of probably the biggest hacks of our day was the old SNES turbo controller. Um, remember, we could like turn on turbo for A or B to be like super quick. I, I've got day, one. I've what? got I got one of those that, that has the ability to um, to choose uh which of the four buttons you're going to turbocharge like most video games like that's not going to really help if anything it's going to make it worse for you if you turn that on it's like even something like that mm-hmm. i can't really think of peripherals like that that really cheat for you i think it's being in that software manipulation that's where it gets into a different level of now it really is definitely cheating um and even if you think about PVE games or single player games, you even had then have a spectrum because like PVE, like for instance, like World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. there is kind of the, I got my fat legendary loot before you did. Mm-hmm. So even though it doesn't directly affect you, there's still the, you know, EP and electronic measuring stick. So even then it's still cheating and probably not cool. Um, but I think when it's like a single absolute offline single player game like for instance like tomb raider 
At that point, who cares? Well, the old tumors, because now everything's got to have an online component. Actually, ah. everything used to have an online component, but because of COVID, for some reason, a lot of the studios have actually backed away from the online portions of it um, because people are stuck at home. So they want you know a more solid experience for the single player. Uh, also because ISPs are douchebags and we're putting some serious ass uh, data caps. Um, the uh, I know that there are people out there. Um, I know that there was, uh, it doesn't look like they're in the chat room right now, but there was an individual, uh, the last time I brought up uh, cheats that was under the, they believe that uh, walkthroughs were cheating mm. because you're no longer experiencing the game. You're following an instruction guide. Now, of course, I say, you know, to each their own. I personally try to play uh, games without utilizing a walkthrough. But that's not to say I've never used a walkthrough. Because I'll be honest with you. There are certain games where I had to throw my hands up in frustration go, I have no idea what the hell to do next. And so I've got to consult something. I definitely don't consider that cheating because it's not directly manipulating the game I'm playing. It is through... directly manipulating your experience, though. Well, how else? The air conditioning blowing on me is I know affecting my experience. I know that that's 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 the thing. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's like this causality thing that just you know, it's like yeah, well, that, I decided that's... to use my left hand to grab something instead of my right. Therefore, the entire experience is different. And therefore, I created a hurricane in China. Right. Um, I mean, think about even like PvP games, like that's a central tenet of getting better is actually watching guides. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, all the time you see, you know, coaching reviews and guides on how to get better. Like that's a central tenet, which to me is kind of the multiplayer equivalent of watching or reading the 8,000 page game facts guide on how to play the game. Now, of course we're, we're, we're then, you know, with, with this, uh, view on things or this, the, this example, you have a lot of companies out there who, uh, I think they finally settled down, but you know, there was a bunch of companies out there going, you cannot show, you cannot stream or video our game and post it online because you're taking money away from us. Um, technically I can understand, you know, it's their product, whatever. But at the same time, I think that if the game is good and uh, when people there's good, yes, of course, there's going to be those people who will not buy a game ever again because they enjoy just watching someone else go through all the heartbreak and, and the pain. And they just get to experience the euphoric sensations of, of getting past all the tough parts without any of the work. I have absolutely nothing wrong with streaming and I think should be legal across the board with no qualms. I agree. Now, of course, you know, then then we're also going into the, you know, uh, you got to watch what music is playing or what sound effects are in your stupid stream. But that's, that's a whole other bag of, or, you know, well, maybe the publisher should license the music to be able to be streamed. Maybe that's actually on the publisher and not the streamer. I still think that the 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 streaming platform should do should get one of those stupid blanket things and just pay for the damn thing. 
that would honestly make everybody's life a lot simpler. Um, I mean, hell, even at that point, if you're going to do that, so be it. And I have no idea how payments on like Twitch and YouTube pay, but let's just say you're a video game streamer and maybe like, I don't know, a penny out of every dollar goes towards the blanket audio rights, whatever. I don't think most people would have an issue with that, honestly. If it's like a small percentage of it just went to that and it just basically eliminated all this DMCA stuff. Obvious team. I mean, obviously, right. if you're on there literally just streaming music, that's different. Yeah. Um, but if it's because of a video game and, you know, if you're making a profit, um, then like 1% or 2% of goes towards it. Right. I think most people would definitely take that over basically a, am I going to get a copyright strike today? Right. And, and, and to be, to you know, in a perfect world, what I'd love to happen, because I know that there's a lot of people who stream their games and then stream their music selections over it. That one, I can understand, you know, getting dinged for that. But when the music or the sound effect is part of the game that you're playing, that's some bull honky baloney. Because, like, that part of watching someone stream live or, you know, watch a, a recording of the video is that you want the full experience. Uh, instead of random, uh, I guess, blips of silence where maybe the the gamer is saying something very important, uh, but you can't hear it because it's been muted because there's a sound effect that someone has declared, it's mine! Well, it's like everything else. You have spectrums too. Yeah. So like, I'll watch like online on YouTube reaction videos to music videos which are obviously at that point straight up playing yep. music videos. Well, the thing yeah, is, you it's like a different level even of what is your using of music, right? I mean, well, okay, so yeah, there's, um, there's the oh god, there. I've read it's been a while, but I, I read so much of this fair use stuff. There, there's the fair use of, of, um. Um, using a copyrighted entity for commentary purposes, and that is a very vague statement. And it can. Well, I, think it can the, hmm? I think the thing I get, like that, I see with the videos I watch, at least, is mm -hmm. they're already on YouTube. Right. Um, so it's like you see them, and they're basically they're doing is they're pulling up a YouTube, uh, and they're commentarying over that. Now, granted, it's on their channel, so that obviously changes the payout distribution, even though part of that's still going back to the publisher. Right. It's not just automatically all going to ultra confusion. X percentage of that is now going back to Sony or whoever your original publisher is. Um, but And I think that's from what I see, and that's where a lot of them kind of draw the line. Um, so, like, for instance, there's been a lot of this season is like, basically live streaming of concerts, like mm -hmm. a pay-per-view type of concert. Right. Um, and some bands who are well-known have reaction videos are very like, hey, if you post this, we will shut your ass down. Yeah. And to me, that's fair because it's a very different experience of a video that's been posted already on YouTube and there's already kind of that system for paying back royalties to them versus, you know, 30 to $40 pay-per-view ticket that is obviously not intended to be posted on YouTube free to watch that is not okay. 
Right. I mean, it's it's the same as as streaming, you know, any type of like prize fight, um, uh, or you know, uh, a, a sneak uh, a sneak peek for a movie that's coming out because you utilized your Disney Plus extra access or something and then streamed it um, on one of the systems. Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get in trouble. And you well, should. Yeah, and you look at the commentary because like something like Sediment Sands, which those are 15, 20, 25 minute videos, mm -hmm. all taking footage for the entirety from the movie. Right. Um, but again, it's, you're obviously not watching the movie. You're, it's the commentary part. Right. Well, I mean, the other thing is that they, it's not the entire thing. It's segments for yeah. commentary purpose. And that's, sure. that's the, the one little like itty bitty line that you could literally fall off of at a second and, and not know why. Um, I'm curious for somebody like them, like how many automated notifications do they get like a day? I, I'm sure that I, I'm sure that there's just this, a uh, person that's probably sitting there going, okay, ding, all right. Yeah, we understand. Ding. Yep, same deal. Um, I do I, I do want to take one second and, and uh, note something. Um, as you know, we're continuing through this crazy-ass time called COVID, and everyone needs to have their escape. Uh, many people have the Nintendo Switch. Some people have the PlayStation 5. Some people have the... Xbox, XYZ, S series, blah, 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 whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but apparently there was an ad for one of these game systems, which uh, <laughs> there was an issue with the ad that wasn't caught until it started showing. Oh, dear. Uh, Sony uh, had to do uh, some quick... Uh, Damage control. It's nothing bad. It's not like they they actually sh accidentally showed porn or something, but it, it but it's it's one of those like uh, the the individual who's doing the ad had no idea what the fuck video games was or is. Um, the the entire ad has the PlayStation Five upside down, hmm. and so there's like, and of course we um, uh, amazing Americans try to duplicate everything because we don't like to think for ourselves. So if we see that this person on this commercial, which totally has everything in that commercial is totally true, can play their PlayStation upside down. I'm going to do the, the PlayStation upside down. They're going to get pissed because the game's not playing right. That's I just find it funny. That's mm. just... It's like the old um, stock video for soldering where the gal's holding it like by the actual tip for the soldering iron. Yeah. Or you have those, um, uh, you have those TV shows, uh, where you got kids playing video games, but they're like, you know, they're, they're pushing all the wrong buttons. Like it doesn't make any sense. They're basically button mashing, but, but not moving or they're, they're, you know, basically pushing ev like all the buttons that don't really do anything for the, the game that they're playing. Um, Except for maybe pause and unpause. My fa actually my favorite. There's a picture. Uh, this was oh my gosh, this was a while back. Um, there was a uh, you know Time uh, Time Magazine does their like top hundred influential people or whatever. Yep. And one year uh, the creators behind uh, Penny Arcade were featured on there, wow. and so they decided it would be funny 
that when they took their picture, of course, they're being known for video games, uh, you know, their their convention packs and whatnot. So in their uh, in their picture, they're all holding their controllers upside down. Nice. Uh, acting like really cool, like they're trying to drive with controllers upside down. So, anyways, uh, I just I do I. It's always humorous for me, and I'm sure you know a bunch of gamers out there, or hell, anybody who's a fan of anything, to see it be advertised or shown in something, and they completely foobarred it. You know like, think of just huh? totally random. Yeah, I. Thinking of Penny Arcade, like I used to have like a daily list mm-hmm. of morning like comics, web yep. comics I'd read. I haven't read a web comic in like years. And I don't know if I just like stopped one day, but I used to have like four or five that like daily I, you know, load them up and see if there was a new one that day. And then I I just haven't in forever. Oh. No, I do. I I was right there with you, man. There was there was a time where I had to get my penny arcade. I had to get my um, uh, my PVP, mm-hmm. which was by Scott Kurtz. Um, uh, uh, I had to get my control alt delete, which was like sacrilege that I was doing control alt delete and packs uh, or penny arcade because, um, the the saying goes that basically the guy behind control alt delete copied. A pretty arcade uh, to make their own, and then there was there were some other comics out there that I can't think of off the top of my head now. But you know, yeah, I had at least like three or four, maybe five, that I kept an eye on constantly. So, but yeah, good memories, mm-hmm. good memories. Um, I do, I want to make a quick statement to all you amazing influ influencers out there who have huge follower backing and stuff don't fall into the trap of being an absolute douchebag please i know i know that when you have the power you get you know uh power crazy but um there's a group of individuals uh called phase i think they're they're um they they're in a couple of the different uh esports leagues and a couple of their members uh, had to be dismissed because they decided to do a shady practice with some crypto coin currency. Ah, uh, yes. Of course, there was uh, um, there was those. I think it was was a Counter Strike or Call of Duty streamers that were basically running an uh, an illegal gambling loot box operation, where they said these guys are awesome, but it turns out that they owned the site that was doing the uh, the lottery system. Nice. So please, ladies and gentlemen, do good in the world. I understand that, you know, when you get the monies, you want the more monies, and then you want the more monies of the monies, but use your power for good. Tell me, what exactly does it mean to be good? I think it's open to your interpretation. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it's beneficial to everyone involved. In a non-harmful, hateful way. Wait, we don't hate? I don't understand. No. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to take... I do want to uh, just uh, puff the brakes real quick. I do want to do a quick uh, round of thank yous to some amazing individuals out there. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about the Indie Cluster. 
The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you want more information, go to IndieClusters.com. And the so, guy who runs it, Ron, is amazing. Yes, sir. Did you have something to add, Zelius? I just said so much to see, sir. Yes. Uh... Now let me give you, let's do another quick shout out. This of course goes to the hero in my heart. And that of course is Hero Chiropractic. And your uh, shoulders. And my, and my shoulders and my back and my neck and my plantar fasciitis and my knees and my sinuses. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone could be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. If you are in the greater Atlanta area, definitely go to HeroChiropractic.com. Uh, actually, uh, Dr. Ryan was here just the other day, uh, just in my kid, uh, my son. So, shout out to Dr. Ryan, though he couldn't stay for long because he had a big client that he had to get to. So, he's getting up in the world, ladies and gentlemen. So, if you want in now, you better, you know, you, you better get with the the good, whatever. He He's a great chiropractor. He comes to you. Uh, I have no complaints. Uh, I do want to take a quick second to, to tell you that for the 10th year straight, Alter Confusion will be participating in Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, gaming, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars you raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion and donate today. Now, as I've said many, many, many times, if you do not have the ability to donate, but you want to, uh, maybe you don't have the ability to donate uh, money, but you have the ability to donate time to like uh, a, a group, a gathering of like-minded individuals, by all means, fundraise your, for, for your own... Um, uh, Children's Miracle Network Hospital. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying that you have to to go through us. Uh, Extra Life is an amazing thing. Uh, Extra Life, I believe, has been around for 11 years. We've done it for 10, so we've basically been there uh, almost the entire time. Uh, I I love it. It's a 24-hour gameathon. I have made it through every single time, practically unscathed. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I highly recommend. Uh, at least tuning into the live stream 
and making sure that I am conscious through the entire thing and probably see or watch Zelius appear for a couple of hours uh, as well as a special guest. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to point out that Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Alter Confusion su survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon. Patreon lets the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, aliens, monsters, crazy people, superheroes, all of that, uh, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you the access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and, and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Uh, there are currently two payment tiers. There's a $1 a month, which is $12 a year uh, tier, which gives you early access to all the playthroughs and, of course, allows you to participate in any polls or uh, insider information for Alta Confusion. There is also a $5 a month option, which is uh, also 60 bucks a year. Uh, this will get your name or organization in the the thank you section of the Thursday night hangout. Uh, once, and then of course, we'll give you the early access to the playthroughs and the ability to take part in Alter Confusion only uh, stuff. So if you have the capacity to do so, please become a patron for us today. Seriously, it's 12 bucks a year. Or just 12? It's 12 bucks a year for the, the base. And then it's 60 bucks a year for the next level. To be honest with you, that's a hell of a deal. But how am I going to be able to drink like my two frappuccinos a year, man? Two frappuccinos. Oh, my God. You're, uh, you'll be fine. I'm, I'm not sure I can handle that. Oh, my Lord. Uh, the So the, the playthrough that the patrons currently have access to is my playthrough for a game called Gibbous. And I'm about to, uh, in the next day or so, I'm going to post the final chapter. And then next week, I will turn it from private to uh, public. And then I'll be playing the next game, which I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be, but there will be a next game. Nice. Though I do, okay, so here, here's my question for, for Zelius and uh, anyone in the audience who wants to, to chime in. Do you like the playthroughs where there is like a voiceover commentary? Or do you want the non-voice and strictly... Voiceover. You like this? Okay. Like, yeah, it just makes it... Because usually with the voice, so if I'm like jumping into a game, mm -hmm. and let's also assume I'm not watching it from the very beginning, right? Having that voiceover is also usually going to give me some contextual hints as far as what the hell is going on in the game. Also, gotcha. Gotcha. like you know, like oh yes, I'm like let's just say I'm playing Destiny and I'm not saying anything. I just jump in my vehicle. Excuse me, I'm driving on the planet. I'm going to go see Spider. Well, okay, People so watching aren't going to necessarily know versus like, yeah, I'm jumping my vehicle I'm over here. And I'm going to go talk to him. No, I, okay, this. so I, I think if it's if I if, if someone records a playthrough, yeah, okay, not not a stream because dear uh, God, uh, if you're streaming something and you're not talking, uh, I, I don't know what's about. wrong with you. Okay. I don't. I don't. I, no, I'm saying that. Let, let's say that you know, the that, the new okay. walkthrough or playthrough is instead of reading, you know. 30 pages of, of, uh, notepad font. Uh, you're now just watching someone play. Some people just want to see, to, to enjoy the videos without the, the added commentary. And then there are other people who find that the added commentary potentially 
uh, improves the game even further. No, I still want commentary. It, it makes it more interesting to me. Yeah, so I, I usually do commentary, but for this one, Gibbous, I I didn't. Um, the The real reason behind it is that the the dialogue is so good mm. that I was like, I don't want to accidentally like talk over something that's just freaking awesome. Uh, and, and to be honest, the the other thing that I've that I've done thanks to my nine to five job is that anytime I'm I'm doing I'm recording uh, or hell streaming, uh, I turn on the subtitles. Um, well, I think it's also a little bit different if it's during dialogue. Like yes, like during dialogue, or if there's actually content going on, yeah, to me that is very different. You're right. If it's dialogue, like two characters are talking to each other and there's voiceover. You're right. In that case, I don't want your dialogue to go long. Unless it's like pointless dialogue, like Diablo dialogue, who cares? But for the or, most part, or it's dialogue. That's like, yeah. like actually like real storyline content. Yeah. In that case, I would not launch your dialogue to go right. with it. You already have it. it. To me at that point, it's like watching a movie. It's somebody's like, Huh? Why did that happen? Who's that person? They want to punch them in the face. Yes, absolutely. It's it's like the 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 commentator of the movie theory. It's like shut up and watch the movie. Actually, it's like watching a movie with my son, mm. where he immediately needs. He'll either say, "Oh, look what's about to happen," I'm like, "You son of a bitch," or he'll be like, "Well, why is he doing that? What's going to happen to him? I don't know. Watch the damn movie." I mean, that's that's the beauty of, of, of watching a movie is is when you watch it. Hopefully, if they've done their job, you get most of your questions answered. But you know what really bothers me? What's that? Is so like let's just say you're playing like for instance I'm playing Destiny two lately, mm -hmm. and I'm like there's a quest. I'm like what the I don't understand where the whispering willows are for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I like Google Destiny two whispering willows. And like every website gives you like a five paragraph preamble of like, well, the history of the Whispering Willows is it was born of the Nexus and it came out in 30. I'm like, I don't care. Your title or your, like the title literally says, where's Whispering Willows? Uh -huh. I don't need to know about all this other stuff. I just want the answer. So, okay. Absolutely so, nuts. so funny, funny, uh, funny that you should say destiny. Uh, there, a Bungie apparently has posted a job, uh, to find someone to basically chronicle all the lore of destiny. Oh, people freaking like are all, I don't understand what the hell is going on because what Bungie has done with destiny too, because there's been so many like years of missions and they sunsetted certain parts of the game. Mm -hmm. So like, if you join now, the original, it's like the Traveler is like this big ball that basically saved humanity. Mm -hmm. If you join now, you don't play the original quest line from when Destiny New, Destiny 2 came out that I did with involving the Traveler because it's like four or five years removed. Would that be like, I guess they figured too much content because Bungie's thing is they want players to be able to basically jump straight into kind of the action, right? The meat. That, the meat yeah, that's the idea right. of Destiny 2. They... Because what they found in other MMOs, um, and this is what Final Fantasy XIV fixed, they fell into this pit for a while, was if you have a game that has been out for like three, four expansions, 
and players are already doing, if not in-game content, at least it's in sight. Yeah. Um, if you force a player to start at level one and not just start at level one, that's normal, but then have to slog through like everything at a snail's pace, you're going to turn off most gamers. Um, so that's where you've seen games like Destiny 2's decision was basically like, okay, let's just basically forego all this other crap and jump you straight into the current season. Um, Isn't that kind of like what World of Warcraft do? You could just bump your player straight to 20 after uh, some of the, the expansions? I think so, yes. I know you can also purchase like a level 70 character or 80 or 90, whatever the hell the level cap is. Yeah. Um, and I guess what Final Fantasy fourteen did now is I tried to jump in like two or three years ago. It was still a slog fest. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not fun. Like, I mean, I've done four MMOs to top level and i just can't do another like 60 hours of side quest to fetch i just can't um i was like no i'm done but apparently what they've done now is they've done where you have your main story quest line where as long as you do those you'll get basically to the end level of the game at the end which to me i'm totally cool with that like i don't think you have to skip all the content and immediately jumping into the end game there's not that's not necessary Right. But I like the idea of if you do the main story stuff, even if it takes you, let's just say, 60 hours, but you're at least not doing, I'm going to go fetch 10 copper bars. I'm going to go eight wolves. You know, all the extra side quest crap. As long as it's just like kind of the main story, yeah. that I'm cool with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in a perfect world, I think that uh, as the game, especially an MMO, progresses and, and there's, you know, more and more story, there's more and more stuff, that there should be like a rebalancing of uh, experience gain through the main quest instead of go over three kingdoms and give me seven boar tusks. And then as soon as you get back, I'm going to send you three kingdoms on that way to go give me, I don't know, uh, Hydra bee uh, honey. Yeah. Well, of course, then it's also the balance of how to keep veteran players happy with the new players without making the veteran players feel like all of their gameplay has been for naught. Because there right. has to be some value to, in some of their cases, like a decade of gameplay. Yep. So how do you kind of keep balance, keeping those players happy with also not totally turning off new players to the game without having any of that in-game in sight? So Get them awesome in-game. Well, that always helps, yes. Just say like, look, here's the deal. We're gonna we we know that uh, the the game's ever evolving, and we want to get all the new guys up close to where you are, so that you could do those massive raids. So there's gonna be a couple little you know changes to help people get up there fast. Well, not fast, but at at a quicker pace. Yeah, expedient. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, but shit, I had something else to say, but now I forgot. What were we talking about? Video games. Video games. What were we talking? But uh, I can't remember. Anyway, so speaking of video games, are you excited about the new Nintendo Switch model coming out? Okay. No. Yeah. So basically, there's a Nintendo's officially because we had rumored was the. Nintendo Switch Pro, or whatever the hell you want to call it, and Nintendo's announced 
that it's simply a OLED model, which I don't actually know what OLED stands for, but basically it's upgraded from a 6.2-inch screen to a 7-inch screen um, with apparently better speakers, a wire LAN port um, for when it's hopefully docked and not mobile. Um, I do like that they are upgrading the internals from 32 gigabytes to 64 gigs. It's actually a pretty nice increase. Mm-hmm. But you know what has me most excited? What's about that? the new version of the Switch. What's that? The kickstand is actually useful looking. I never use the kickstand. Because it's absolute trash on the current Switch. Because I n- there's no reason for me to ever use the kickstand because if I am if I am mobile with the thing, both of my uh, joy pads or joy cons, whatever, are attached to the side of the screen. So it makes no sense for me to do the kickstand because I, I'm going to have the damn thing in my hands. Oh, see, like if I'm playing in my bed, I put it on my bed and I still have my pro controller. Oh, you could do that too. I'm, I'm right. I mean, well, it really depends on the game. I'm not gonna. If it's a button masher, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to beat the shit out of the joy cons. I, I you know. I, I do have almost, some intelligence in my brain. I basically don't use the joy. I I don't use the joy cons. I just exclusively use basically the pro controller. Well, now, now I do. I, now I'm I'm more. Well, no, I, I, it's still the the here here's here's the thing. I when I play, uh, when when I've actually got it in my hands, I, I play with the joy cons for the most part. The reason yeah. is I'm afraid that if I take those fuckers off, I'll never find them again. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, the the chances of something go gone missing in my house is astronomical. So that's just going to stay there. And since it's going to be there already, might as well. Unless, unless, of course, it's a button masher, then you know it, there'll be a test side of the thing. But I'll also have my uh, my pro controller. Nice. Um, yeah, I thought what is interesting and kind of to the shock of most people, nice is there are no internal upgrades for like the CPU and RAM and GPU are all the same. That's so Nintendo. <laughs> Let's be honest. That, <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. Uh, you know, I have to say that that uh, I kind of, speaking of Nintendo, I really built uh, uh, Mario Golf up in my mind. I'm like, this could be awesome. It's going to be yes, cool. Yes, you did. And holy crap, everywhere it's already half off. Oh, wow. So it's got some good parts. Mm-hmm. And then it was basically like it didn't trust the the developers didn't trust that the that it was gonna be, I guess, entertaining enough. So they introduced all these different fucking like variables on golf. And it's annoying as hell. Like you could play there. There's especially when you're playing the the story mode. Uh, most of the time, you're not playing like regular golf, where you your character walks up and swings the golf club, and then when the where the ball lands, your character's going to show up there, and you're going to select your club and do it again. No, most of the time, you are going to be flat out sprinting. As soon as you hit your ball, you got to run after it, and you have a certain amount of time. There's a timer that if you take too long, you get a one-stroke penalty. And there there are hazards on the course, which that's fine, whatever, you know. Yep. Totally okay with that. But it's there's um, uh, there's a mode where you and the other golfers that 
that you're with all hit at the same time and you have to race your ball, that's fine. But there's there's a mode that's literally been kicking my ass called cross-country golfing. And it's literally, you start on one of the tee boxes and then it shows you a, a certain number of holes that you have to get to mm-hmm. in a certain number of strokes. And so what happens is you aim for one of the holes, you make the the putt, whatever, and then magically that green becomes the a tee box area and you hit from there. Okay. But but the problem is that there's like a huge change in elevation. Oh. And so you can't you have to not only do you have to um you know get the ball where it needs to be, but you also need the ball to like land specific spots so you can line up your shot with these tornadoes that will take the ball and throw it up in the air and then you'll continue with the momentum. And mm-hmm. if you try to hit it from a wrong angle, it will continue that flight pattern and it will basically just bounce off the fucking rocks and then you will have to go run over there. And then you'll probably have to take one more, sh- you'll have to take like a, an extra shot to try to line it up again. It's just, it's annoying as hell. Like, I, I so if you watched my stream on um, Tuesday night, you'll see that I started with Mario Golf but switched over to Mario Tennis. However, I forgot to actually change the the name of the game on the stream but whatever um because i was just i was getting so pissed i was like all right fine i'm just gonna do mario tennis which by the way the challenge that i was up against in mario tennis fucking nuts i don't know how to beat it but that being said mario tennis a much more solid game than mario golf unfortunately and that's like that was the game you wanted i know that was like i'm gonna get this for my birthday are you gonna survive with it out not being everything in life you thought it would be. I, you know, I, I it's it's unfortunately going to become kind of like that that random party game that gets pulled out every once in a while. I mean, I'll, I'll I I am dead set on trying to complete the um the story mode, mm-hmm. but I just don't see like it really, you know, having any lasting game time with myself. Now, Mario Go- uh, Mario Tennis, on the other hand. That could definitely, um, I've, I've played that several times where I've done uh, free play matches. Uh, and there's also an adventure mode on that one. As you play the adventure mode, you open up new courts. And certain courts have hazards that you can turn on to really spice things up. Ooh, spicy game. There's, there's one court where if you turn the hazards on, there are three piranha plants that will pop up and from time to time. And they'll eat your... They'll eat your ball and then spit it back at you super fast, but it may not be straight back at you. It they might just shoot it somewhere else on the court, so you got to be ready. I mean, it, it, it it's a. I feel like Mario Tennis was was much. It spent more time in development, and simply because you, the game's solid, the 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 you know the extra little mechanics they feel right in the game. Whereas Mario Golf is like, uh, so is everyone just going to want to hit the ball? Now let's, let's make it a race. And, uh, then let's do some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, everybody will love that. You know, it's, it, I, I feel like they, that it ended up being one of those, I have an idea. Let's see if it'll stick. And they just threw it in the game. Yeah, it happens. But anyways, um, I think there was one other thing I wanted to say. Uh, of course, my brain is completely kaputzied. 
Um, go, sir. I, I do. I I am really really excited to to see that the Borderlands movie has wrapped filming. I need to see some actual footage uh, of the damn thing so I could so I I know if I need to cry or celebrate or I don't know potentially hide somewhere. Um, but I I hope that it. I mean I'm I'm very hopeful that it's going to be awesome. Um. And then I'll, I'll see it eventually. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then of course, for those out there who have, uh, who have checked out the Netflix movie, the old guard, which is actually based off of a graphic novel, uh, that was awesome. And they've just, uh, declared that there's going to be a second one, which I'm super, super excited about. So rock on. I kind of assumed there'd be a second one. Cause well, right. I mean, the, the thing is, this is, you know, this is the case with a lot of the 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 shows on Netflix and hell on TV is there, uh, or you know, TV shows or movies. There's a, they usually leave it open so that there can be, uh, you know, a next, uh, a sequel, a next step sure. or whatever, and unfortunately, most of the time, it's the, um, I, uh. I'm sorry to inform you, but they've decided to cancel the show or they've decided not to pursue a sequel. Or it's just left in limbo. It's like, well, we don't know. We might do something. We just haven't decided yet. Three years later. We're still thinking about it. How hard do you have to think about it, man? It's like, it was good. Everyone's still talking about it. So what's the problem? It didn't make enough of the moonies. Which unfortunately is is the downfall for a lot of video games if they don't immediately take off, uh, which makes um, the the need for um, for digital uh, launches to go flawlessly on on platforms because that <laughs> if if the digital platform screws over a developer that could be thousands and thousands of dollars that they lost because someone screwed the pooch. Okay, so here's an interesting one for you. Yes, sir. So I played Outriders. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But you kind of get to end game, and there's like not really much coming out sound. It's kind of like you see what you get, right? Mm -hmm. And so people are like, oh, there's no like extra content. Where's more stuff? Even though um, people may fly, people can fly, I think was the developer, was very clear that it was like not a gaming as a service. What you saw is what you got. It was a fun game, and they're still patching and doing like updates, but they're very clear from the beginning. It is not a gaming as a service game. It's not Destiny Two, really, right. is what it comes down to. It is not not that kind of game, and people are benching and mounting them. Where's the more content, man? I need more stuff to be like coming out. Well, recently, basically today, I think mm -hmm. um, Ubisoft is. It's been announced or rumored or leaked or whatever it is that the new Assassin's Creed is going to probably be some form of gaming as a service. Yes. Yes, I did see that. But it's funny then because people were like, well, this is the death of Destiny's, uh, not good Lord, um, Assassin's Creed that's now going to be a gaming as a service. You're going to get nickeled and dimed to death. What's that? You're going to get nickeled and dimed to death. I just find it kind of funny, though, where one game, like Outriders, people are bitching and moaning that it's basically not as a gaming game as a service. And then Assassin's Creed, people are bitching and moaning that it is going to be a gaming as a service. 
Okay, so but this is Ubisoft, and let's look at their track record, especially with this specific um, franchise. Uh, let's just hope that it goes off a little bit better than Assassin's Creed Unity. How about that? Let's just—I mean, I know that's a very low bar. I mean, I haven't really played many of the Assassin's Creed, but for everything I see is really since Unity, it's got better. Like people really liked Odyssey and. the most recent one, the Vikings one, I don't yeah. think people liked as much, but from what Valhalla. I've read... Valhalla. Valhalla, thank you. Mm-hmm. People have really liked the games, and they seem to have got, if not better, at least still good. Right. The uh, Unity launch catastrophe aside. So it seems like it's still going strong, so I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me. Um, that's almost like you take a formula that people like or don't like, and you change it, and nobody's going to like it. Well, that's, that's, that's the risk you take. Um, you know, it, it either takes off or it burns you. And and the wonderful and terrible thing about an Ubisoft and EA and Activision, they can kind of test the water with a long-running franchise and just, you know, if it doesn't pan out, say, well, this was just a test. You know, we'll, we still have the ability to go back to this thing. Uh, well, whereas, like what happened with, um, or what's going on with ESO, where... Yep. You know, you haven't seen Elder, a single-player Elder Scrolls game since ESO came out. Right. Um, or I guess the question is, will Assassin's Creed be, will, will basically go the Bioware route, where maybe Assassin's Creed Valhalla is kind of the last single-player, I mean, I know there's multiplayer, right. but the true last, you know, single-player type of Assassin's Creed we see mm-hmm. with you know what people like with the gameplay, or is going to go the route of Bioware, where now you start trying to at least, you know, shoehorn a game into multiplayer, and even if it doesn't work out, you don't even try going back to your roots. I guess we'll see. I, guess we'll, I mean, it comes down to I guess we'll see. Um, all right, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, unfortunately, we have reached the end of our show. But I do want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, if you have, if you, uh, and also point out that we do this show every Thursday night, hopefully every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, seven o'clock Central Time. Uh, if you want to keep up with all the info that is about Alter Confusion, uh, stick around for the credits if you're watching the video. Um, and if you're not watching the video, uh, check out the info tab for the podcast and it'll give you all our social media links, um, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. I think the Patreon links on there as well. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Uh, also, um, uh, shit, did I, did I get rid of that thing? Hold on. Uh, just, just, I did a spot check the other day and currently you can get our, our podcast on uh, Apple iTunes Podcast, Pandora Podcast, Podbean, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And um, um, Odyssey was in a holding pattern. Mm. They hadn't decided yet on it if they're going to host it or not. But anyways, so ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure to give you everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course... Our hearts will be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Mm-hmm.